Hey everybody, welcome to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Bukolsky. As always, I frame this podcast around living your greatest life in a body that you absolutely love. Everything we do is focused around what's it going to look like to decode human optimization, both body and mind, and everything that goes into living your greatest life. And today I've traveled to Iceland to interview the mountain, Thor Bjornsson, the world's strongest man, as well as star of... Game of Thrones joins me today to sit down and talk about his journey and his path to becoming the world's strongest man, to give you an idea of what this man looks like. Six foot nine, 200 kilos, 440 pounds with abs. Just an absolute monstrosity of a human being. And the beauty of it is he's a gentle giant. He is so humble and kind and welcoming and myself and my friends into his gym to train to enjoy his company. We enjoyed some dinners together, had some great Icelandic food, and then some great good old-fashioned beef. Really, really awesome to sit down with Thor. We talk a little bit about his decision to become world's strongest man. We talk about his future, what it holds. Is it acting? Is it more strongman competing? His family life, and some really, really interesting insights into how he focuses on becoming the world's strongest man, sticking with some really, really basic principles, right? Keeping first things first and sticking with first principles. And Thor is an amazing man. And I hope every one of you guys heads over to Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and follow him there because he's definitely somebody worth watching and just an absolute monstrosity of a human that sometimes I think human beings like to watch the people who are just exceptional at what they do. And, you know, Thor being a big guy, him and I train legs together and his ability to do feats of strength is uncanny. But what surprised me and amazed me was his ability to perform endurance acts as well. And at 440 pounds, that's not common. So kudos to this guy and definitely support Thor on his journey by heading over to his website, thorbjornsson.com and pick up some of his gear, his clothing, and just support the mountain. And today's episode, guys, is brought to you by ButcherBox. You guys know I love my beef. I love my meat. I love my fish. I love my chicken. I love all this stuff. You know, bacon from ButcherBox as well is really, really great. So this month, ButcherBox is hooking you guys up with $20 off your first order and free sirloin steak and free salmon. Can't go wrong with that, right? They're hooking you guys up because you're fans and listeners of the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. So always support ButcherBox. Why not? You're getting amazing quality meat, grass-fed, sent right to your door every month at a discounted price that you're going to pay at a grocery. So I highly suggest you head over to butcherbox.com, use the code MI40 to get $20 off your first order and free meat. Hey, yes. Let's do it, guys. And I hope you enjoy the podcast with Thor Bjornsson and myself in Iceland. Have an awesome day. I'm sitting in the house of the giant. Thor, I'm very grateful for you welcoming me into your home and getting a couple workouts in, man. It's been absolutely a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for coming by, man. It's it's awesome to get you here and, and to be able to pick your brain is, is just fantastic. It's always great to meet great athletes, you know, like yourself, you know. it's uh, I'm honored to and, and thank you for uh, having me on your podcast. And I'm grateful you made the time. I wasn't expecting it at all, but it works out. We get to sit down and just chat. You know, we get to go to dinner last night and enjoy some food, grab a little bit of a workout today and just to see how... Uh, intense you are, how committed you are is an inspiration to me. So as I grew up, I grew up obviously an aspiring athlete and, and looking up to all these athletes and 
you know, to meet someone who's like yourself, who's the world's strongest man and one of the largest human beings on the planet, it's truly amazing to see the level of commitment and dedication you bring to this. And it, there's no doubt why you got to where you are, right? That there's so much in what you do. And that's really what I want to dig into today is where that came out of you, man. Like you didn't always start as a big guy, right? You were, you were relatively thin. You're a basketball player, if I'm not correct. If I'm yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it means a lot to me, you know. Everything you said. Yeah, I started as a basketball player, got a couple of injuries, and then just decided to move from there into training as a young, young, young How much boy. did you weigh at the time? I weighed, you know, when I was playing basketball, I was only like 220 pounds, 230. And how maybe. tall are you? I'm 6'9". 6'9". Six nine. Six nine. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, I mean, I was just like not heavy at all. I was just like skinny, basically. Right. I had small muscles, you know, like with small, tiny abs, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then, then after I could basketball, which you know, I was running a lot, so I couldn't really keep on muscles when I was young. And I didn't, didn't know nothing about nutrition. I didn't know nothing about training, anything, you know. But after I stopped playing basketball, I started to go to the gym. And the first few years, I didn't really know much about nutrition. I was maybe like 17, 16 start to you know train the gym i just knew how to push myself i pushed myself to the absolute limits you know and then you know i just saw my body change and i just where, where did that come from does that come from your upbringing that come from you know, the fact that you're here in iceland and the culture is a little bit different or from your basketball training where do you think that that heart came from to push yourself to the limit because not everybody can do that yeah i think from definitely some parts of basketball i had a good coach and he was very hard on us and he pushed us very hard to the absolute limits, you know. He was very hard on us. And, and you know, having that background and also, you know, I grew up, well, I spent a lot of time at the farm. My grandfather was a farmer for over 30 years. As a child, I spent all my summers at the farm uh, working very hard, you know, and doing all kinds of exercise. I remember myself if I wasn't out doing some kind of work, I was in the house doing push-ups or chin-ups, you know. As a kid, I, you know, and, and I remember I was running out also, you know, because I wanted to have better endurance for basketball. I don't know, just as a kid, I started very young to like train very hard. And then it just like, I came with me when I stopped playing basketball, came with me to the gym. And I also had good training partners in the beginning. I think that helps a lot as well. I had guys there with me. That pushed me, you know, if I would have been alone and no one with me, I would have just been myself. I don't know if I would have pushed myself as much. Is that Stefan? Stefan Solvi? Is that one of your early training partners? Yeah. The first training partner I had, his name is Kostin Gretar. He's a good friend of mine here in Iceland. And when I started to train for Stroman, Stefan Solvi Peterson was my first training partner for like, training strongman wise you know lifting and specific training for strongman in the beginning when i went to the gym i basically just i trained heavy but more like a bodybuilder you know high reps but still i went heavy you know i think that's important though like when you're beginning something because you're, you're learning those movements you're learning the stability and i think that may have played a, a role in your success i mean you ascended to the top of strongman very fast like you're 22 when you did your first world strongest man when I did my first World Series man, yeah, 2011, yeah, I was 22, I think, believe, 22, yeah. Right, so when 21, did you stop? 21, I think, When yeah. did you stop basketball? 17. So that, and during that four years, you ended up putting on how much weight? In those four years, I put on probably like 75, 80 kilograms, like a lot. Wow. And I was force-feeding myself every <laughs> of single day. Yeah. And I didn't take days off. I was very consistent very dedicated and I had a clear vision where I want to go but 
still my, my knowledge to nutrition and training wasn't as good, but I still was able to improve a lot because I was just very stubborn and I just was just straight ahead, nothing else. Yeah, man, there's something to be said for just hard work and obviously i think you have you have a particular energy about you man so you're very calm you're very grounded in your day-to-day life at least from the outside and the ability to turn it on in the gym is you know obviously world class and and you show that every time you step on stage at the world's strongest man at the arnold classic and win these events lifting a thousand plus pounds you know all the time and i think it's it's such an important thing to acknowledge of how calm and grounded you are you're not stressed you're not angry at least my experience is with you right i think that's a big thing to acknowledge as a role model in our sport because you love these kids coming up and i had this as a bodybuilder you assume that most people are either angry or or upset or, or whatever that was my perception of what bodybuilders or even some strong men were i'm sure you had some role models growing up who from the outside you're kind of like Ugh, they're a little bit angry uh, you know and, and for me i didn't want to be like that and, and it's uh, inspirational for me to see you as the guy who's the top of the sport still being a gentleman thank you man it means a lot to me i mean yeah you know over the years i've gotten better for sure sure and, you know, <laughs> it's hard where, yeah, yeah yeah where i am today i'm very happy where i am today but i mean if i think you know 10 years even eight seven or six you know i was a little bit stubborn and was the same but you know you you learn and you grow and you get better and with training as well you know you have to know when to step back to prevent injuries and when to push yourselves. You can't be always at 100%. That's impossible. If you're always at 100%, 365 days a year, you're going to get injured, you know. That's at least my experience, you know. You have to, you know, schedule those training sessions, have a plan, have a goal, and, you know, there are going to be days where you ain't going to get your PRs, you ain't going to be at your stronger, strongest, and, and that, then you're going to see how strong you are, you know. Right now, for example, I'm not at my strongest, but that's okay. I'm super cool with it, and I'm super easy with it. You know, my training currently isn't all in, you know, uh, but I'm still training, you know. I'm still pushing myself, you know, but, but not to the absolute limit, not like sometimes you have to have days off, you know. That's also important too. Th- take care of yourself as a pro athlete you can't be like i was just thinking the other day i basically it's crazy that i'm saying this because in the last 10 years i don't really feel like i've taken my days off i've just been fucking pounding the body and training hard and heavy and trying to get better and i got better but now it's time to lay back let the body relax and and breathe a little bit and there's seasons of life, right? There's seasons of the spring and there's summer and times when you're supposed to, to plant the seeds and then harvest and there's time when it's supposed to be calm and rejuvenating like during the winter, yeah. right? And, and I think everyone doesn't acknowledge the, the necessity to go through those seasons of pushing really hard and then backing yeah. off. And, and, you know, from what I saw you doing, that's not backing off. All you're doing is still training hard, maybe less weight, maybe less overall volume, but the effort you're still putting into each set is incredible, right? So coming back a little bit, you just said, you know, earlier in your career, maybe you weren't so... Uh, nice to everybody maybe weren't so as calm as you are now do you think that was kind of a fear thing or was it a this is all i know how to come at the world so as an athlete we all kind of go through that phase or at least it seems a lot of us go through that phase where you know we're so internalized we're so focused on the goal that we start chopping away at things around us does that feel like you're you're basically being selfish i think fear and insecurity for sure played a big role in why i behaved like yeah for sure 
fear and insecurity, you know. People think because I'm so big and so strong that I'm not insecure, but, you know, I am, you know. Yeah. Not as much now as I was when I was younger, but when I was younger, you know, I, I was insecure and I had, I guess, fear of losing, fear of letting people down and stuff like that, you know. And I think every human being has fear of judgment, right? When you're six foot nine, 200 kilos, mm -hmm. you know, 440 pounds, you don't fit anywhere. So everywhere you go, you want people to ask questions, people are talking about you, positive or negative, it's still going to make you very self-aware, right? Mm -hmm. You know, for a guy who walked around really large as compared to most human beings, I'm a peanut beside you, right? And I couldn't imagine, you know, you walking on a plane, you walking into a restaurant, even last night out for dinner, there was a bunch of ladies who were standing outside the restaurant. You didn't see them. They were talking about you and going, oh my God, look at that big man. Like you were talking about how beautiful you were as what they said and I was like okay that's amazing but they're still giving you this attention that whether you want it or not you're getting it and that's going to make you self-conscious and self-aware I don't care who you are right yeah and that's just the reality of what you've accepted to become in life you know the world's strongest human being yeah true true yeah. and I just have to accept it it's okay I'm okay with it, you know and I've accepted it and I wouldn't change my life at all you know I'm happy with how my life turned out and you know yeah you're doing amazing stuff, man. So let's, you, man. let's talk about your training. So how the hell did you get so strong? If you start, Obviously, you started strong. There was hard work. But was it focused on a small number of things? Did you really focus on diversifying right into strongman to begin with? Or you just, you know, what did it look like in the earliest for you? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, people always think there's some secrets out there. You know, there's, there's some secret pill or secret things that he's doing. But it was, you know, very basics, you know. It's diet sleep, training, recovery. I tried to focus on getting the best nutrition possible. I tried to focus on the best training program possible for myself, that fitted myself. I tried to focus on getting at least eight hours a day. And I made sure that I was sleeping in the right positions and, you know, make sure my room was very really dark, make sure you know, I didn't have my phone in my room, make, make sure nothing was in, interrupting my sleep. All these things, I was so obsessed to make them perfect, I make progress. Yeah. And being consistent, you know, being consistent, doing it every single day, meal prepping, being ready, never failing, you know. If you if you ain't meal prepping and you're forgetting meals, then you're failing. Then you're failing yourself. Man, you said the word obsessed in there. And during my career, I would have never said that I was obsessed. But looking back on it, I you was were, absolutely insanely obsessed, right? And did you realize when you're in it that you're obsessed? Or was that just how you knew to become great? Like looking back on it now? Looking back then, I didn't probably think it was obsessed. But looking now, I know I'm obsessed. <laughs> like... I want success so bad yeah. that, that I became obsessed. And it's just like, it's all about making things a habit. It's about waking up in the morning, having a glass of water, brushing your teeth, making breakfast, eating your breakfast, and just having things a habit, doing it again and again and again. And if you do things correctly again and again and again, you'll see progress. Yeah, totally, man. You're six foot nine. And most people over five foot ten can't squat. You're squatting what thousand pounds? I've squatted close to thousand pounds. I squatted four hundred and sixty kilograms in a meet, down and up. Yeah, but I actually got it. I got two red lights on that. Not for that. They said it wasn't good lift, but in my opinion, you know, I went down. I went 
back up again, you know. I felt strong. For me, it's a good lift. Fuck it. <laughs> sure, man. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've watched you move. A guy who can deadlift over 1,000 pounds, squat 1,000 pounds, bench press probably 600 pounds plus. How do you maintain your mobility? Is it something you're actually in t- consciously practicing? Or is that just like by making sure that I'm recovering and sleeping and eating well, my body just maintains this amazing mobility? Most guys at your size can't put their hands above their head. They can't get to the bottom of a leg press. We just did leg presses for sets of 30. And as a strong man, that's not normal, man. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's exceptional. So I see what your body's capable of. What do you attribute that to? I mean, I think for 100%, some of it are definitely genes. You know, I'm just mobile as a guy. But I do stretch, but not a whole lot. I'll be honest. You know, I'm always really honest with the things I do and with sure. things I don't do, you know. In the past, I've done some, you know, yoga, tried to get myself in some movements. Dude, you can know. we do yoga class tomorrow together? Huh? We're going to go do yoga class somewhere in Iceland. Let's film it. I think that would... Because the internet would explode. <laughs> we'd, yeah. win, we'd win the internet. <laughs> For sure. I, so I do yoga. I do yoga three or four times a week, but I'm also a fraction really? of your size now. I do. I, I do know a person, a good friend of mine actually, that, that teaches yoga, and I've been to many classes with her before. And but I'm not very. Cons- I've been consistent with it, but right now, currently, Dude, if you I'm film that, you'll break the internet. The, huh? If you film that, you'll break the internet. But probably, like people probably. <laughs> Uh, I don't so, think that I, I do yoga, but I actually I believe do, you. you know, sometimes, you know. People didn't believe when I was 320 that I was doing yoga, but I got good at it, man. And then obviously yeah. I shrunk down, but yeah. you could do it. No question. You'd have to adjust some things and learn how to, you'd have to have a really good instructor, but yeah. and that would be just absolutely epic. Just to be clear, it's not hot yoga. Sure. I say, I don't know if it's beginning yoga, but you know, I think it's like, yeah, I think it's like kind of like beginning yoga. You know? sure. I'm not great at it. You know, well, you're, dude, you're not, you're not going to be doing the extreme poses, but no. you need to do within what, what's in the, within yeah. the realm of what's It's hard, with. man. Some of the poses are difficult. Yeah. I'm sweating my balls out when yeah. I'm doing it. You know, I'm just, it's leaking. Yeah. I do, oh, I, I do high yoga. I love it, man. Because it's mentally like, I don't want to do this at all. Yeah. That's why I do do it. Um, so you said, you said something about your flexibility, quote unquote, your lack of stretching. I think it's important for people to know that stretching and mobility are, are not always the same thing. Like you don't have to stretch to improve your mobility. Your mobility is obviously maybe a genetic thing, but also a result of the way you train. You're obviously training intelligently, right? You're doing things in a very well-programmed way. You're not just beating your body into the ground over and over and over again. You're obviously cycling through things and, and staying within the realm of just not crushing yourself all the time. And I think yeah. it's important for you to acknowledge that you're doing things right. It has nothing to do with stretching, man. Your size, like stretching is such a small and significant piece of the puzzle. So living in Iceland, man, you talk about quality of food. What, what does your diet look like? Are you eating anything? So I'm here in Iceland and, and mm-hmm. you know, I started my day eating with sheep's head. That was my first dinner. Great. And tonight we're going out for a whale and people are going to get pissed off when I'm saying that. But that's interesting because that's part of your culture. Part of the culture, but to be honest with you, I don't eat a sheep hat or... Have you ever had one? On, I have, yeah, yeah. I have tried almost yeah. everything. Yeah, everything, I think, you know. Well, I, I've never had one, and that's why I had to. Yeah, right? of course. My diet is very simple, in my opinion. I'm on the vertical diet. My opinion, great Shout diet. out to Stan Efferding. Stan Efferding, yeah. super good, you know. It's a lot of steak. Steak, basically, every two and a half hours. Rice or potatoes with it. Almost spinach with each uh, meal, you know, I usually when I make my rice, I put spinach in the rice. And then just, when it's, when it's cooked, I have a rice cooker. When it's cooked, I mix it all together, you yep. know, rice and spinach. And then I have carrots, bread, peppers, and then chicken stock. I put chicken stock on my food. And then I like blend it all together, eat it. It's easier to eat, you know, it's a little bit like, it gives it. Yeah, and then I salt everything. It's very basic. And this is my diet, six times a day. I might throw in sweet potatoes, 
some tomatoes, maybe an avocado. No fish. No, 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 no. You don't like fish? I just love steak. Yeah. 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 And when I'm trying to get the strongest, you know, I believe that steak is better than fish. I, I don't disagree. I, you know, being in Iceland, uh, I've been intentionally trying to eat a lot of fish because you guys have such amazing fish here and it's absolutely fantastic. But if I was trying to be the world's biggest, strongest man, yeah. steak would be the foundation or any type of wild red meat that I could find, right? I don't know yeah. what you guys have here in, in the country. but yeah. Importantly, we don't have bison. I yeah. really like bison, but yeah. we have, don't have that here in Iceland. And, no um, lamb? I, I do... I do eat lamb, you know, in my diet as well. Very cool, man. So awesome. What uh, about yourself? You know, um, you know, different sports, you know, you are. Yeah. Man, so my thing is I'm, I'm trying to eat food that's as close to its natural habitat as possible. So if I have a friend that goes hunting, I'm like, hey, man, I want some of your deer. I want some, you know, the venison. I want some elk. I want some bison. I want things that you're hunting because I want things that are eating its natural food. So if something's in a, in a barn eating, eating hay or corn or soy, that's going to end up in the food. So I'd rather not eat steak that's been eating corn and soy and, and whatever crap that they're feeding it. But if it's eating grass and it's in its natural habitat, I like that. So I like the idea of it's just got a better nutrient profile as far as fats and as far as micronutrients. So lots of wild meats. Anything I get that's wild. Sense. It's higher in the food, food chain. But food chain yeah, yeah, yeah. Better omega-3 profiles, less omega-6. So then the, de- the inflammation is going to be decreased. And um, you know, I, I like you, man, keep my diet super, super simple. I've got maybe six to eight foods that I eat and that's it. So, you know, I eat a lot of organ meat now, which is something that I think has been a great addition to my energy. So like liver and kidney and heart. And, you know, if I can get a brain or something, that'd be super cool to eat as well. And that's why I went after the sheep's head the other day and we ate the eyeballs and we ate the tongue and stuff. It's very unusual for people to do that. And uh, Why is that? Why do you eat that? Why? The, yeah. the organ meats? Yeah. Um, because they're the most nutrient-dense foods. So why do people eat vegetables? Because they say, well, it's got vitamins, right? That's why most people think they eat vegetables. It's got, it's got micronutrients. It's got B vitamins and, and all these plethora of water-soluble vitamins. But there's actually exponentially more inside organ meats. And I didn't grow up in organ meats, man. I didn't grow up eating that stuff at all. So it was very hard for me to adjust to like eating a liver, eating a kidney, eating a heart. But once you do and you get used to it, you get the palate used to it, I become much more used to it. And I really started to enjoy it. I started off just grinding it up and putting it in my burgers, right? And then now I'm kind of used to it. I can eat a little bit more. So I think that maybe it's a superfood. It's, you know, people talk about these superfood vegetables and fruits and stuff. And I think the greatest superfood you have is these organ meats that concentrates the vitamins. So, so you take the liver, maybe add like 20% of delivered to a burger patty and exactly. mix together. Yep, we grind it up. So if you, you said you have a butcher, a man who grinds up your ribeyes, have him grind up some liver into it, some heart, some kidney, and I mix it all together and, and you know add some spices. And if someone didn't know it was there, you can maybe taste it a little bit, but it's a great way to add in those extra nutrients. And, and as someone who's training that hard, getting in those micronutrients is very important. And most people are taking supplements to get it, but you're going to get way better absorption from uh, organ meats. Right, so that's something I've added in, and I like to eat a lot of uh, clams and mussels and oysters as well. I think those are superfoods as well for lots of zinc, selenium, and, and uh, omegas. So things like that, man. Things that are just nutrient powerhouses. That's kind of the, the, interesting. The, yeah, the foundation of my diet. So you just wrapped up two months ago, I think. You were just wrapped up the world's strongest man, tore your plantar fascia. How's that healing up? Completely healed. Completely um, gone. Yeah. It, what event that happened, and how did it happen? It happened. In one of the medley events, I was um, running with farmer's walks for approximately 10 meters. And then I was picking up a yoke, a super yoke, big yoke, weighed approximately 500 kilograms, if I remember right. And it snapped, you know, I felt it. I felt something was wrong. I didn't know what, what it was. 
and I didn't want to take any chances, but it was just super painful. I wasn't sure if I was able to keep going or not, so I just took it, like, you take a decision straight away, I'm not going to do it more, so I just stopped, and I couldn't walk properly, so I was like, okay, something is clearly wrong, you know? So I met, saw the physical team of the World Six Month Competition, and they looked at me, and, and he said straight away, I think you tore your plantar fascia. I was like, okay, it was a bit of a relief, but because, you know, if you tear your plantar fascia, if you can handle the pain, you can keep on going. So I basically went in for a scan to check it out. And then they confirmed later on that it was actually, it, it is torn plantar fascia. And so I just did everything I could, you know, to get better in the next days, you know, a lot of icing, a lot of rolling on the foot, you know. It got quite, you know, a lot of blood came in there. It was very painful, you know, but I was able to push through. And I placed third at the World Six Women Competition this year. And I wasn't disappointed, you know. Things like that are going to happen. I'm quite blessed and thankful for how actually few injuries I've had in my career. I haven't had a whole lot of serious injuries. You look at other people, they've had like 10 years of a competitive career and they've had tons of injuries you know you can't always be negative and be like oh i'm so angry i got injured i'm gonna be negative now and have it affect my head and oh be angry at everyone you know I, I didn't behave like that i was actually very proud of myself how i behaved i was just okay this is just another challenge i'm gonna treat this make it heal get better did your therapy team or your coaching team tell you what they think went wrong as far as why that happened and have you implemented stuff to kind of correct it or is it just like hey i'm back i feel like it's healed let's get back to training i i believe i didn't listen to my body you know i'm used to getting in like when you're training hard and heavy you get bumps and bruises all the time you you, yeah. you keep on going just yeah. you know, like oh, I'm, I'm used to pain i'm always in pain like yeah what is like i was waking up in the morning and I was limping a little bit. I was like, oh, this is a little bit painful. What's going on? So it already started to progress, you know. The plantar fascia was like in my training sessions. I, I felt something was happening, but it, the terror wasn't like something was started to happening, you know. So I felt like in my preparation for World Six Band, but the tear didn't actually happen until after World Six Band. Where have I been a bit smarter with thinking about getting that looked at, you know? Maybe I would have been able to make that better. But, you know, it is what it is, and I'm okay with you know. Thor, I think one of the questions that everyone wants to hear from you, man, is, is what does your diet look like as far as calories? I know you talked about vertical diet. Off-season, you don't really perfectly adhere to that. And we had a conversation yesterday about this recent food test or this food uh, trial you, you've had, right, to see if you can eat a certain number of calories. You know, yeah. Yeah, challenge. So what yeah. We, what, how many calories? So, I mean – on season where I'm just eating my food, I'm probably eating approximately 10,000, 8,000, 10,000 calories a day. And that's mostly carbs and protein, right? That's not a tremendous amount of fat. So that's a lot of food, man. I mean, yeah, a lot of fat as yeah. well. You know, I, it, yeah. I, I eat a lot of ribeye steak. There's a whole lot of fat in that. Yeah. So off season? Off season, you know, you I still eat the same, but, you know, I, I guess I like cheat more. And I've done some, you know, food challenges <laughs> with my friends, you know, the other day we, we, we tried to eat 16,000 calories each, you know, throughout the day. 
And that was that was difficult, you know. <laughs> Sixteen thousand colors is difficult. That's a lot, man. And you gave me an idea of what that looked like, and it's just basically like constant eating every two hours. Constantly, with, with a, hours. a lot of good food, a lot of not so good food. Um, you yeah. ate some, you, ate, you know, whole pizza. You ate six donuts. You ate some ice cream. You ate some pancakes, but you also ate some steak and some rice and potatoes. And how did you feel at the end of that day? Oh, I felt terrible. I felt so <laughs> full. Uh, after afterwards, I just laid in the sofa. I remember my wife was getting herself some popcorn. I was just like, oh, do you have to get popcorn now? Like, <laughs> I always feel like I to, when she's snacking something, I feel like I have to snack as well. I, but I couldn't. I was like, oh, I was just laying in the sofa. I couldn't move. Yeah, I couldn't imagine what that feels like. I think, I mean, I, I've probably, I know I've had 4,000 calories at a meal before, maybe significantly more than that. But uh, to do that consistently, you know, four or five times in a day would just be just uncomfortable, man. I couldn't, I, I feel my blood pressure going up even thinking about it. Yeah, it's tiring, you know. That's yeah. what it is, you know. And, 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 and your stomach feels like a rock, especially when you <laughs> eat this um, crap food as well, you know. It's just like, it's like. Were you able rock. to sleep at night? Mm, I can't remember. Like, usually if I'm very full, if, if I ate a lot, I usually sleep okay, yeah. What, so, what was the worst thing you ate that day? You ate, so you, so you talked about some Icelandic bun, like some sugar bun or something? Yeah, it's called Vinabreuth. Vinabreuth. Honestly, don't know the English. Dough and like, it's got like honey on the outside or something? Y- yeah, it's uh, very sugary, uh, a <laughs> whole lot of calories. And we ate like two of those. And I think like one is probably like around 2,000 calories. So just that itself was like 4,000 calories. All this talk of food, man. I think we should go do it right now. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Just that itself made me feel miserable. I and that was just meal number two. Like basically, we had a big meal in the morning, like rice, meat, and then pancakes. Second meal we had lard pizza and those big sugary things that calls uh, it's called Wienerbrot, and that took me off. The, like I was just like, oh, let's just have sushi next meal. We just had sushi next meal. Because I thought that was like the best option, you know, after that. <laughs> you filmed all this? Huh? Did you film all of this? I filmed everything. Is it going to be on YouTube? Is it on there Everything yet? is on my YouTube channel, halfthorbjorsen.com. Uh, and you guys can can go check it out. And yeah, you can see my friends throw up probably approximately like six times in the video. I filmed it with two of my buddies. And they both threw up. That was the only guy that actually didn't throw up. And I, I think that's, I sometimes, sometimes talk about genes, you know. Some people are just lucky with genes, you know. And I, like, I've always been able to eat a lot and keep my food down. Some people just have a hard time keeping their food down. They eat a whole lot, but then they throw up. I never had that problem before. Right. And I think there's no doubt that there's this beautiful combination of factors that have to add up to you being the strongest human on the planet at six foot nine and 200 kilos, right? 440 pounds and the ability to eat a tremendous amount of food and digest well and the ability to be focused and relaxed is a huge one as well, man. Even, you know, one thing I noticed when we were training today, the length of your lower leg from your heel to your knee is very long. That's part of your height, but that's also part of the thing that allows you to squat so deep. A lot of guys who are really tall have really long upper legs. So your upper leg is is about the same length as your lower leg or maybe even a little shorter. And that's going to allow you to squat deeper. And that's like, I'm a biomechanics nerd, right? So I'm looking at your body and going, you know, how does this massive human get asked to heal depth on a squat? And you know, you have all these beautiful 
proportions that allow you to be this, you know, incredibly strong uh, human. Thank you. Oh, dude, it was it was awesome. It was awesome to watch you do these things. And you know, as a fan over the years, it's been absolutely awesome. Um, So, so many people may know you from Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? They were so basically they were filming here in Iceland in 2013, and they basically reached out to me. Some of the people filming in Iceland, um, they were basically looking for a guy to fit the role as the mountain. And the, the guy had to be very big and strong and powerful, but also very athletic. And he had to be able to like, like fight. A lot, a lot of big guys, they have some you know, knee problems, back problems. And they're not coordinated, man. You're very coordinated, right? I'm very, when it comes to athletic things, you know, learning those things i'm very i'm I'm fast learning like it takes me short amount of time to learn those things you know when i met up with them they saw me and they said you look good you know are you willing to do some sword classes so we can figure out if you fit the part i was like sure i'll do that and and after the first or second class the guy was just like you're the guy you're very athletic and you're able to learning the movements very very fast and maybe the basketball background helped a lot there as well you know i've been always very athletic my whole career and when it comes to move move my body in any different way i feel like i'm it doesn't take me a whole long time to learn new things yeah yeah. how long did you do game of thrones uh so since i started my season four in 2014 and I finished, uh, it was five years. How was that as far as an experience, man? Did you enjoy, the, enjoy this idea of acting? Was it um, challenging? Was it fun? Like, I've never been in movies like that. Yeah, it was a whole, it was, I had a lot of fun, uh, craziest experience in my life, you know. And they filmed here in Iceland? Yeah, they filmed in Iceland some parts, but all my parts were in Belfast, Ireland, Spain, Croatia. Yeah, I filmed in those places. Mostly Belfast City, though. I filmed, like, probably, like, like 60% of everything I filmed was probably in Belfast. Then a little bit in, little bit in Croatia, a little bit in Spain as well. So, as far as experiences, was it something that every year you were taking acting classes to get better? Was it a lot of swords classes? I'd love to hear what the experience was like for you. Like, so, as someone who's never been in, in a movie or a TV uh, yeah. episode for the lister describe what it looks like man is it long days is it just like occasionally shooting here and there you know put them in your in your shoes for a day mm-hmm. so i mean yeah it's uh it's very different you know it, each day is always different each day is never the same you know but the days can be very long for example sometimes um the wake-up calls can be like very early in the morning 5 a.m and you could be filming until 10 p.m. depending on you know some days are shorter some days are longer some days there's a lot of weight sometimes there's not you know it's it's up and downs and it's it's hard work mostly mentally i i took a lot of like because sometimes there's a lot whole whole lot of weight and that can get to you you know you're on set and then you may be just waiting for five hours but that's not every day that's just like you never know if they're like, yeah, how right. their schedule is, maybe they're behind or not, you know. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the waiting. acting world is like, it's hard, it's it's, it's challenging. 
But I I enjoyed every single part of it except probably my last season. That was that was very difficult for me because I had to do a whole lot of makeup for my big fighting against my brother in the show. And you know I I was doing makeup for maybe eight hours and then was filming for another ten twelve. And it was just crazy. I was so exhausted and so tired. I was doing that, that, you know, for a couple of days and just like, it was exhausting, you know. I lost probably like, in like maybe three days, I lost like 20, 30 pounds because I didn't have time to eat because the work was so hard and I had makeup on my face and I had these fake teeth in me and between sets, I took them out and my, my wife was feeding me because I had something on my hands. It was just like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so it's not all just fun. It's hard work as well. Sure, man. And that's, I guess, part of the game, right? If they're yeah. trying to put on some show for us, you yeah. gotta, you're going to have to yeah. suffer at some level, right? You have to suffer, you know. Yeah. What was your favorite part of the whole experience? The five years you did it, what's the one thing that stands out to go, man, that was awesome. Looking back at it, you're going to tell your kids about it. You're going to, you know, your kids are going to tell their kids about it. What was the best thing? Like, man, that's why I love doing that. Season four, when I fought Pedro Pascal, when I squeezed the guy ice ball, that fight scene, I really enjoyed. I don't know, I really enjoyed that. It was a, filmed it in Croatia. The weather was beautiful. I was, it was like, you know, sauna for me because I was wearing a big fucking armor was shining, but I was still happy. I had a hell of a fun because we practiced the fights in so well. It was like dancing, you know, like when we showed up, me and Pedro Pascal, we prepared that fight so well. When we on on the scene, the camera guy was just smiling and jumping because he was so happy how everything was fl- like going because we prepared, we worked so hard for that fight to be perfect, huh? When we were there, the moments, moments were so smooth. It's just like learning to dance or something. You're just like, you go from there to there, and then you sing your swords there and there, and boom, 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 so smooth. And just a bam, bam, bam. Just were able to get it quite quickly, but came out very well. Man, I haven't seen that, so I'll make sure I, one, link to it in the show notes, send anyone to see and, uh, and get over there and see it. That scene changed my career, changed my life. Really? Yeah, that scene. I remember the time that came on TV and the whole world saw it. I had my phone on me. And at that time, I still had my notification on when I got a new follower. And I remember I, I had my phone on me and I just heard ding, 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 ding. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I clicked. I was just new followers coming ding, 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 ding. That's because, you know, all these big sites, you know, were, were reposting the fight with me and Peter Pascal and everybody was talking about it the whole world was talking about it ah crazy fucking squeezed his eyes out you know people just were so excited I got all these new followers I was like that was the day the moment where my fame got really up you know man that's Awesome. That sounds so cool. And you know, of all people that I've met, you deserve it, man. It's been great. And Thank what does the future hold for you? Is it, you know, obviously going to go back to the world's strongest man again, I believe. You can correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Why don't we talk about that? So I have some exciting things that I'm working on, exciting things that I can't really talk about. Sure. But, you know, I'm doing all kinds of things, you know. I just opened up my gym. 
here in Iceland. Um, it's a beautiful gym, man. Anyone, it, I think people should make a point to fly over here and get here. Now, do you let people who fly in just come in for a workout, or do you have to be a member? I know you can come in and buy some of your, sh- your shirts and stuff. Can people just come in for a day pass? Yeah, people yeah. can do that. So uh, a lot of tourists come here, and they either come to the store and buy some, you know, T-shirt, hats, shorts, whatever, you know, or they can buy a day pass and they can train here. And yeah, we have a lot of drop-ins here, you know, every day. And this is awesome, you know. I'm, And yeah, it's great. I'm super happy with how the gym looks, you know. It's the perfect powerlifting moment gym, you yep. know. It's, it's clean. It's uh, hardcore. It's awesome in this little Thank you. Uh, homey area. You got up here, this little like lost. Lot, lot awesome. coming from you. Dude, it's awesome. Acting in your future? For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Enjoy I'm it. in talks with different things right now. There's just so much going on, but I just can't talk about it right now. I get it. I get it. That's yeah. the thing. You know, I never want to talk about things until I have a contract well, and everything's locked down. Everyone should be following your social media, Instagram, Thor Bjornsson and the uh, YouTube yeah, channel Yeah, so on well. Instagram, I'm Thor Bjornsson. On YouTube, I believe I'm half Thor Bjornsson. And those are my two biggest social media pl- platforms that I use. I'm bad with uh, Twitter. I don't use a whole lot of uh, Facebook. I just started up actually a TikTok account. Because my daughter, she use, uses that account. And it's a new, new social media platform that is growing. And my name on that is Hafthor uh, Bjornsson as well. So if you guys want to check me out there, please do. Very, very cool, man. Super grateful for your time. and Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. I think we need to get you some grub after that that leg session. We got to get some food in DC. Yes. Grow and go back and take that title I next need year, some man. food now. It's been probably like, yeah, I need some nutrition in my body some steak and rice do it let's knock out a game of chess the next time i'm over definitely man thank you so much man thanks for having me all right ladies and gents that's a wrap thanks for joining me on the muscle intelligence podcast if you enjoyed this podcast share with at least one person you know that will absolutely love it and someone who's a fan of thor like i now am seeing this man from the outside you're always a little bit unsure what to expect right i've dealt with a lot of really large humans so you kind of walk into this facility almost walking on eggshells right like i'm in this guy's house (laughs) not literally but i mean it's his gym and to me i'm so respectful of his space and his time and his energy and his mindset that I literally stayed away. And, you know, I was very courteous and shook his hand, but he was so welcoming. And that is, is so awesome to see because I get where he is at certain times in the year, preparing for the world's strongest man or all the other strongman competitions he does. And it's really easy to get distracted and get pulled off your game. So the fact that Thor was so welcoming and invited me into his workouts, invited me into his gym, we ended up enjoying some great dinners together was, was absolutely phenomenal and uh, become a massive fan of not only the athlete, but also the man. So head over to ThorBjornsson.com and support Thor on his journey. Definitely follow him on YouTube. We've actually got a video there where us, we train together as well. We walked through a couple of things for shoulder stability and shoulder mobility for Thor, which was awesome. And I want you guys to head over to butcherbox.com and use the code 
MI40 to get hooked up with $20 off your first order and free sirloin and free salmon. You can't beat that. How awesome is that? Huge amount of value and still getting some of the best quality meats of the planet. So huge shout out to ButcherBox for supporting me, supporting the show and supporting you guys in your endeavor to live your greatest life in a body you love. Discounted meat is going to help us to consume better quality stuff and ultimately build our bodies. Guys, have a great day. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a review. Let Thor know how awesome he is. Let me know how awesome I am, if you think so. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in to Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.